Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hey everyone, welcome to 2020. I'm so glad you're here. This is Holistic Sex Ed Radio and I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse. Now you may not be aware of this, but January is Cervical Health Awareness Month. Now cervical health is actually a topic that I'm very passionate about having had personal experience with the human papillomavirus. I had the opportunity to learn a lot more about cervical health than I probably would have done otherwise. In fact, it inspired me to become a holistic health practitioner so that I could help other women and share what I learned about healing my cervix naturally. So I'm really looking forward to later this month having some conversations about cervical health, about the human papillomavirus, about testing for men, which you may not know that in general men cannot be tested for the human papillomavirus, which is kind of a drag because actually we've discovered that men are carriers more often than women are for the human papillomavirus. And well, we used to think that it didn't really affect men that much, what we're discovering these days is that men are being diagnosed more often than women for oral and throat cancers that are associated with the human papillomavirus. So this is something that is very important that men may not be aware of. And so later this month, we are gonna be having these important conversations and I have some giveaways. We're going to be giving away a HPV test. We're going to be giving away condoms. We're going to be doing all sorts of fun things. So be sure to join us later this month so you can find out how to participate in the giveaways. So you can educate yourself on how to protect yourself and your kids from the human papillomavirus. And what you can do to address HPV if you have been diagnosed with it. So definitely stay tuned for that. And today we are having a really important conversation about solving Me Too. Now this is going to tie in with the episode that I have planned for next week also. So definitely you'll want to tune in all this month. We have some great stuff lined up for you. So first of all, today I would like to introduce you to Julia Klein. Julia is a speaker, author, coach, and podcaster whose work focuses on interpersonal power dynamics, especially those involving love and money. Her books include the bestseller, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Sleaze Free Selling, and the forthcoming Heal Your Sales Wounds. Both books examine the power dynamics at play in any selling situation. They teach how to get more of what you want, without exerting force or abuse on others by standing firmly in your own authentic power. In January 2020, she's launching Solving Me Too, a podcast that seeks to prompt deeper conversations among men, women, and others about power, abuse, and healing. Her goals with the podcast are, number one, to stop abuse, number two, to prompt healing, number three, to fix toxic systems, and number four, to do all of that with compassion and forgiveness, 
rather than vengeance and punitiveness. To learn more about Julia and her work, to pick up a copy of either book, or to get on the early notification list for the podcast, please visit juliacline.com. Hey, Julia, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I would love to know, like, why, how, et cetera, you got inspired to start your podcast, Solving Me Too. It's been a couple of years in the making. Um, I uh, was originally inspired, actually, way back in early 2017. And uh, I was working on a project here in Chicago that was a symposium on the question, how do we elect more women and people of color in Illinois in 2018? And in planning that symposium, I went around talking to a lot of people asking that question. And one woman who has worked both on Capitol Hill and in Springfield, which is the Illinois State House, the capital of Illinois, Springfield, she said to me, that the way that you get more women elected is that you protect them once you get there. And that just rocked my world when I heard mm-hmm. that answer. Um, you know, she basically asserted that um, sexual harassment and even assault is rampant um, in, Ca- in, in Springfield and on Capitol Hill. And it, so it started, that statement kind of started the juices flowing for me. And and it has kind of ebbed and flowed. Uh, I've worked on it at various times, you know, and noodled around how to bring this forward. Uh, it also in uh, late, and because of course, early 2017, that was pre-Harvey Weinstein, because um, right. the Harvey Weinstein allegations came out in October, uh, when over a four-day period, both Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor, as well as Ronan Farrow, wrote two blockbuster pieces about Harvey Weinstein, and that sort of kicked off the whole Me Too era that weekend, those three journalists mm-hmm. and those two outlets, the New York Times and the New Yorker. And so, and so it was previous to that, it was six months earlier, that I began thinking about these questions. And I, I began thinking about what if we were to gather women's stories all into one place so that they would be easy to find? That was kind of what I was thinking in response to that original statement that the way that we get more women elected is we keep them safe once they get there. Mm-hmm. And then post Harvey Weinstein, I kind of reinvigorated that idea. And I, and I thought to myself, and, and a big part of the frustration that many of us were having was the fact that we have a president who has now more than 60 allegations of sexually inappropriate behavior against him. And he's still in office and is not really seeing any repercussions. And I began thinking, you know, it might have made more of a difference in terms of the election if there had been one easy place to go to, to find all of the women's stories. And I hear this over and over with people who say, oh, well, yes, of course, I accept the fact that Harvey Weinstein is a monster, but I don't know if I really believe that Al Franken is, or I don't know if I really believe that Matt Lauer is, or I don't, and and I should interject for the record, I don't feel that Al Franken is a monster. Um, Certainly everything of which he has been accused is a far lesser Mm, crime, if, it, if it's even a crime, uh, right. than other things. It's not okay. We can't allow it. But just like it's a lot more serious to throw a brick at someone's head than it is to throw a water balloon at their head, we have to be able to 
discern the difference in sexual inappropriate behavior. Right. So anyway, um, I, I began thinking, um, how, do we put the, how do we put these together? And, and so I, I, at that time, I began a website that sought to curate all of the journalism that had been published up until that point uh, about these you know, 200 or so high-profile men. And I began just gathering all the journalism and getting all the women's stories together and finding all the videos of all the women talking and telling their own story and so in a way, and, and to encourage people to listen to what women had to say before making a judgment. And the final iteration here I've come to realize is that, of course, listening to women and hearing their stories is an incredibly important first step. But if we're actually going to solve the problem, we have to also address a lot deeper and more nuanced systemic issues that are going on. And that is where I realized, you know, I've got I, I need to be able to talk to experts in their field. And so the, that's where finally the idea to bring it together as a podcast came because through the podcast, I'm able to invite experts in, in restorative justice, experts in legislation. I've got a couple of people who've worked on the most recent uh, law that was just passed in Illinois that's now one of the most progressive in the nation for anti-harassment. I've got people who worked on that bill coming to talk to me. Um, I've got people that are working on corporate change, uh, talking about the realities on the ground of changing hearts and minds and behavior. Uh, I've been talking to people at Planned Parenthood, which Planned Parenthood, some don't know, is the largest purveyor of sex education in the country. We often yes. think of Planned Parenthood as being associated with abortion, but they also provide sex education. And that's not just how our baby's made, but it's also how do we, uh, uh, how do we keep ourselves safe mm -hmm. in all ways, emotionally, psychologically, and other things. So it's by it, having the podcast allows me to bring in all of these voices, to have all of these conversations, to really crowdsource real practical solutions, which take into consideration the areas of resistance. Why is it that some people don't want to do these things and how can we best uh, overturn that so that we cause change to happen? Mm -hmm. Yes. Gosh, thank you so much for having these conversations because, you know, podcasting is such a wonderful medium. I absolutely love having these kinds of conversations. I love inviting guests such as yourself on because, you know, there's so many different facets to these conversations and it's really not possible for us to, you know, be experts in all of them. So I think it's really wonderful that you get to bring in all of these different experts to further this conversation because it is a very important conversation. And how do we shift our culture around this? And this is part of the, the issues that I'm grappling with on this show too, is how do we change the way that we're talking to our kids? How do we, you know, educate our kids for, you know, the way things have changed and this whole Me Too movement, you know, this systemic treatment of women that, you know, where people, men think that they can just touch us, abuse us, attack us, you know, all these different things. And how do we shift that? And, you know, part of what I believe is we can shift our culture by what we teach our kids. Yeah, 100%. And my big philosophy on how we shift it is that we unbundle it. We, in other words, we, instead of allowing ourselves to keep it all tied up together and, 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 and think about or talk about or, or even try to address 
everything all at once. Rather, we need to separate it out, kind of like taking a, you know, a big mess of string and straightening it out, untying all the knots, getting, getting it so we have individual strands that we can deal with. And in particular, it's important to recognize that there are two layers to the problem. One layer is individual behavior, and that's both, and that, that's for everybody in society, not just the perpetrators who are doing harmful things, but for everybody, all individuals, because we all participate in the systems, which is then the second layer, is addressing toxic, broken systems that allow perpetrators to goal to do the things that they do. So there's both individual things that we can address as well as working to change the toxic broken systems. Mm. That's a great point. That's a really great point. And I think um, the one of the ways that I'm approaching it is through the individual behaviors by what we teach our kids. And I'd love to hear more about the systems that are in place that support these kind of behaviors. Because I know, for example, Let's look at boys, okay? When boys are young, before they get into school, let's say, before they go to preschool, you know, moms may be teaching them that it's okay to feel your emotions, it's okay to cry, all these things. And then when they get into school, there's a whole other culture that they have to learn to adapt in. And as they get older, they've actually done studies where about halfway through preschool, there's a shift in the boy's behavior. And then as kids get older, it becomes more and more pronounced, especially once you get into high school and then college beyond. And the culture actually, it, it, what do I want to say? It, it punishes boys who speak out. Like say if you have a boy who's cheating on his girlfriend or like there's this whole system of conquest, right? Where you have to like go get the girl. You have to be macho, masculine, athletic, you know, all these things that are wrapped up in being a man, you know? And if you don't fall into that category or you speak out and say, you know, that's not a cool way to treat your girlfriend. You shouldn't be cheating on her. Then you like lose social standing. And so like there's whole, there's whole, pressure to like not say anything because now you've lost social standing and now the the group of guys don't like you as much because you stand up for women or whatever and so there's like this whole toxic culture that that starts shaping these young men and then you wrap it around like things like fraternities or you know get into the colleges where you know these behaviors are encouraged or permitted or ignored. So let's talk a little bit more about how the systems let people get away with these kinds of behavior. And actually, we're going to talk about that when we come back from this commercial break. We'll be right back. Out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. And we're back. So, Julia, go for it. Answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what you were referring to before the break was this um, idea that there is a tremendous amount of social pressure um, on boys and young men as they and, and as they continue to grow as men um, to behave in ways that are inappropriate um, that that are that their friend group or their peer group uh, will say oh well you know if you're crying over a girl you're just a pussy man things like that right uh, and that there's absolutely a reality to that but my prescription for addressing that uh, it comes back to um, acknowledging that there is a, a distinct and separate role for individual behavior and then for societal behavior. And as far as individual behavior, there are four key areas that I encourage people to focus on. The first area is personal responsibility. That means being mindful of what you personally do, right? Pretty straightforward, personal responsibility. The second area is truth-seeking, knowing the truth, acknowledging the truth, being willing to hear the truth. And so in the example that we're talking about here, where a, 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 you know, maybe a boy, is, is, he's brokenhearted over his girlfriend and, and his friends don't want to hear it and they call him a pussy or whatever, um, it, 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 for, him, for him and his friends to acknowledge, wait a minute, is, is it true? 
<laughs> that having feelings and being sad because this woman, this girl who was so important to me is now not in my life anymore and I miss her and I'm lonely and I feel bad about the fact that she, is it true that that makes me a wimp or less than a man? To feel, is that true? No. And, and if, we, if we teach our children to ask themselves that question, mm -hmm. that is a very powerful statement, which leads to the third of four aspects of individual behavior, which is personal empowerment and healing. And this is such a deep one and a difficult one. And I must acknowledge here that I personally was badly bullied when I was a child. And so I certainly can acknowledge how painful it is to be the subject of peer ridicule. And I certainly had no ability to withstand it or to stand my own power in the face of it. And if I had had parents who were more mindful of this notion of personal empowerment, I might have had a more fighting chance to stand against the bullies. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in this example, the, the, what, what it really comes down to, because you listed uh, you know, peer groups in high school and then fraternities as they get older, a big part of personal empowerment is recognizing that your safety, your value, your power comes from within yourself, not from the groups around you. And again, I acknowledge this is a lot easier said than done. I'm not trying to suggest that this is easy, but to the extent that you can look with, you know, like if you can see that the emperor has no clothes, he has no power over you. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to look at any group and say, you know what? you all are a bunch of ding-dongs. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, like, you know, wanting to moderate my behavior so that I fit in with you because not only are you completely behaving in opposition to my values, but I can also see that you're a bunch of losers and maybe you're cool now at 17, but the skill sets that you are bringing to the table now are not going to serve you. By the time we're 30, I'm going to be the jam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to the extent that, uh, that a growing person, boy or girl or other, can recognize that, that, the, that their value, their worth, their safety, their, um, their, their comfort comes from something deep inside themselves, as opposed to from whatever external structure they think gives them those things, it will be a huge step in the direction of not caving to peer pressure. Because all of a sudden it's like, well, why, why would I do that? These people that are trying to pressure me have no power over me. So why would I allow them to pull me off my own course? They, they have nothing that I want. Right. And again, I'll, once more, <laughs> very, much, more, much more easily said than done. I'm not suggesting it's easy, but this is the goal to strike for in my opinion. And then the fourth piece of individual behavior that is important is forgiveness and compassion. In other words, if we can teach our children to look at our, their peers who are behaving badly, who are relying upon ridicule and peer pressure, and if we teach our children to view them with compassion and say, wow, he must really feel brittle on the inside if he's relying upon those kinds of strategies to make himself feel better. 
wow, I, that's, that sucks. I'm, I'm sorry that he feels that way. He must, you know, I wonder, I wonder what lousy things happen in his life to give him so little real self-confidence. Um, and once somebody has actually hurt us, to strive for forgiveness. That doesn't mean that we give them access to us anymore. You know, forgiveness is badly misunderstood, in my opinion, in our culture. Mm -hmm. um, forgiveness is a tool to let go of the power that that person has over you because you're no longer holding yourself in that place of victimhood where they hurt you. Mm -hmm. so, look, I'm over it. I'm moving on. And you're letting go. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness does not mean that you let them back into your life. It does not mean that you let them have their job back. It does not mean that you give them back their place of power. Um, it does not mean that you let them come to you know, Christmas, or if it's a person in your family who's being abusive. It does not mean that you give them access to your children again, right? Forgiveness goes hand in hand with setting boundaries that keep you safe. Mm -hmm. um, but forgiveness and compassion is a critical skill to teach. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's much more accessible to the extent that we possess personal empowerment, to the extent that we feel the ability to keep ourselves safe going forward. It's a lot easier to let go of the person who somehow snuck through in the past and harmed us. Yes. Wow. And, you know, you were talking about being pulled off course and that kind of stuck with me because I think a lot of young people don't necessarily know what their course is. A lot of people don't necessarily have goals in lives. They may not be clear on what their values is. So I think by spending time with your kids to clarify, like, what are your family values to help them figure out what their own values are, can really help kids come back to their center when in a peer situation and faced with a choice, you know, and then if they have a vision for their future, which a lot of kids don't have, then they can compare that decision to like, is this in alignment with my future? Like if, you know, if I make this choice, does this bring me closer to my goal or does this pull me off center? And so I, I really think that, you know, spending time with kids to, to, to do that, I think is, is really great. So, and I want to talk some more still about like the systems that are in place, because I know you spend a lot of time about that. So I kind of just want to bring the conversation back to that and see what else you, you have for us in that area. Sure. In my view, there are eight primary systems that exist in our world that exert influence on us collectively. And I'll just list them in no particular order. Number one, culture. That's TV, movies, that sort of thing. Number two, companies and corporate structure. That's all, and a lot of that is profit-driven. Number three is the law. What are the actual laws that are in place wherever each of us live. Number four, the judicial process. And that's related to certainly the law, but it's not the same as the law. So an example uh, is that in many jurisdictions around the country, there's a tremendous backlog of rape kits. So it's illegal to rape somebody. So the law mm -hmm. is there. But the judicial process, meaning the, 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 everything that happens in, in prosecuting a crime, is in backlog because of our judicial process. And that's just one very small example. Yes. Number five is intersectionality, meaning 
institutional racism and how that layers onto this. It's extremely potent in a lot of different ways. And on the podcast, Solving Me Too, we actually, uh, we, there's a bunch of things that we do to ensure that we are addressing the problem of sexual harassment and assault as it applies to all women, not just white women. And yes. we also talk about how it affects black men differently than it affects white men. Uh, number six is the media. And that's similar to culture, but media specifically is the reporting mechanism. How does media describe these things? Uh, one example is that often uh, media refrains from using the word rape. And instead they talk about sexual assault or even lesser descriptions than that. Mm -hmm. And that's problematic. Right. Uh, number seven is campus life. And I put that as a some separate just because it is a very different entity. It's, 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 it's got similarities to like small town life. It's got similarities to workplace culture, but it's kind of its own entity. And it has its own causes and solutions um, because we have, there's Title IX that applies to what happens on campus. And there is a tremendous amount of cost in that many colleges are almost all colleges are extremely expensive. And so if a boy or anybody, but it's usually a boy, a young man, is accused of sexually inappropriate behavior on a campus, uh, and if he is removed from campus or removed from classes, well, now his parents are paying for something that they're not getting, and they're paying an enormous amount of money. And that just adds another layer of complexity to the, and we have a whole uh, mini-series on the podcast specifically about campus sexual harassment, harassment and assault. Wow. And then number eight system is the ethical, religious, moral, the, the Judeo-Christian teachings around this. And I, in the podcast, I avoid any talking about religiosity specifically, but what we do talk about is shame and rage as a systemic problem. How we weaponize shame and rage, and particularly how we do it um, against the backdrop of the Judeo-Christian model um, is, a, is, a, is a system that has to be addressed. It's so often we hear that when a woman is sexually assaulted, she doesn't report it because she feels ashamed. Yeah. And that's just so tragic. It's awful. She, she's assaulted. If, if somebody punched her in the face she would feel no shame about reporting it. Why, if somebody punches her in the vagina, does that suddenly become a reason for her to feel ashamed? Right. It's tragic, and it must be overturned. So those are the eight, those are the eight systems, as I see them, that need work, uh, that, need to, that we need to work on fixing and addressing. And it's helpful to the extent that we can either address them separately or, at the very least, keep them separate. And remember, like if, we're, if, we can, if we find ourselves getting caught up in a conversation that has us feeling overwhelmed and hopeless and, oh my God, it's such a big problem and how do we fix it? Usually the cause for that 
And then also the solution is to recognize, wait a minute, I'm combining at least a couple of different things here. Let me separate them out and let me you know, remind myself that I certainly cannot fix or address or really even think about more than one thing at a time. So let me separate them out and whatever thing that I'm thinking about, what is it primarily right now? Am I primarily thinking about the way that women and men are portrayed in our culture, in, in TV and movies? Or am I primarily uh, right now agitated about the law and how, how, you know, how wrong it is that in some states in this country, uh, marital rape is still, le- is still legal? Yeah. Um, so it's important that we acknowledge when we are agitated, um, which piece of it are we agitated about? And that's, our, that's the best way to move towards a solution. Yeah, thank you for breaking that all down for us. It's really helpful to see all the different systems that, you know, lined out for us. And it's true, there's so many different pieces that need to be addressed. I think you're right, that breaking it down into more digestible pieces is going to be helpful for everybody involved. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this some more. Stay tuned. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Get ready for High Vibin' It with hosts Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. This is an all-new look at self-empowerment and lifestyle design. If you're still trying to figure out the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and more, we'll break it down for you. You can create the life of your dreams and own your power. Listen for High Vibin' It. We're live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This will be one hour you will make time for. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. We're back. So, Julia, I wanted to take just kind of a look at what are some of the problems in the workplace? Like, how does these types of things manifest? I mean, there's always, you know, the obvious, you know, um, you know, sexist kind of things, inappropriate touching, that sort of thing. But can you just kind of lay out for us, 
like what this might look like in the workplace because I know that there's going to be some overlap as far as what's happening in the schools too. So I'm really curious mm -hmm. to hear. Yeah. So there is the problem, uh, which is that uh, women are not safe and it's not just women who aren't safe. I, I, I want to make sure that that's clear. The podcast, my podcast, Solving Me Too is about women in the workplace and the harassment, assault, discrimination that women experience in the workplace. But that does not for a minute try to imply that women are the only ones who experience harassment, assault, and discrimination in the workplace. There's lots of other people and categories that experience those things. But just for the sake of trying to be practical and focused, um, this podcast is about the experiences of women in the workplace. And so uh, what happens in the workplace is it, it, it's, it's on a continuum. And a lot of people, when the hashtag me too uh, gave it, when it had its resurgence uh, shortly after the Harvey Weinstein story broke in October of 2017, there was a group of people who expressed frustration that women were saying that they had a me too story when what they were describing was dis discrimination or harassment, not assault. Mm -hmm. And the women who have experienced assault felt as though it in some ways diminished their experiences to be lumped in with harassment and, and discrimination. And while I certainly appreciate that, and I, it's very important that we acknowledge the severity of assault and we acknowledge that assault is worse, <laughs> and, and it, it, it's, assault is worse than harassment or discrimination, the reason that in, in the podcast I absolutely address the continuum is because it is a continuum. Yeah. The reason that harassment is so frightening is because it carries with it the threat of assault. And, and, and this is what a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their heads around. They say to themselves, oh my God, why get over yourselves already. All the guy did was, you know, look at your skirt. Like, really? You're going to sue the guy or, or, you know, have him, you know, pay a huge fine or cost him his career. Come on. Like, it, it was a look. It was a word. It's no big deal. Like, what's the harm? The harm is the fear. Mm -hmm. And I, I want, and I'm, I'm going to say something shocking here, just as a trigger warning. I'm going to go to a kind of a dark place to help people understand this. So trigger warning here. Imagine that you're on an elevator with one man and that as soon as those elevator doors close, he turns on you and he Puts, he attempts to put his tongue down your throat. Like, imagine that, that you're alone, trapped in an elevator, and a man, a big man, is trying to, has, has his face smashed against your face, and his big, wet lips and tongue are all over your face. Like, how disgusting does that feel? And also, how terrifying. And the women listening... I can imagine have no trouble accessing the terror that comes with, oh my God, what might he do next? Where are his hands going? What might he try to do next with his penis? Mm -hmm. Men listening 
might not be as readily able to access that terror because a lot of men listening might respond to that vision by saying to themselves, oh my God, I would just shove the guy off and I would punch him in the face. Are you kidding me? And maybe you would, but imagine now men that the man who is trying to shove his tongue down your throat is six, eight, and he's got arms the size of your thighs. And really, first of all, if you try to shove him off or punch him, you might not succeed. And second of all, what if he actually wants to do more to you than just shove his tongue down your throat? Don't you think he'll be able to if he's that big? And men, I really want to invite you to feel into that for a moment to awaken compassion and understanding for what so many women are walking around the world with every day. Every single time some of us get into an elevator with a man, our heart stops a little because of what it's possible that he could do to us if he chose. And so when people say, what's the big deal with harassment? It's that harassment carries with it the possibility of the assault. There was a story here in Chicago not too long ago, uh, three, four, five weeks ago, about a female student at the University of Illinois at Chicago who was walking down the street late at night to her car, and a man started following her and was catcalling her. Technically, just harassment. He was whistling at her. He was saying stuff like, hey, baby, aren't you cute? And so she ignored- scary. And she ignored him and kept walking. And he followed her. And he raped her and he killed her. Yeah. So that is why harassment is such a problem. Even if most harassment never gets to that level, it always carries with it the terror of what could happen. Mm-hmm. It yeah. always carries with it the terror of what could happen. It's, it's similar, quite frankly, to when somebody vandalizes an office by spray painting big red swastikas on it. I mean, on the surface, it's just some paint. We just need to repaint it. But a big red spray painted angry swastika on a Jewish person's office? Oh, shit. That brings with it some terror. Like what else could happen next? Mm -hmm. So when you talk about what happens at workplaces, the, the, the idle harassment that sometimes happens that from a man's perspective, what might be happening is some harassment, some idle, some locker room talk, some boys will be boys from a woman's perspective. What's happening is that there is a culture of unsafety that is a constant ever present limiting factor on a woman's ability. If, 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 a, if you're constantly living in fear, even if it's a low-grade fear, even if it's like just a, a small anxiety that's at the very edges of your mind that you aren't even necessarily consciously aware of all the time, but if you know that there is one man on your team who says harassing things to you and you know that there's a meeting coming up and he's going to be in it, Are you going to speak your mind in that meeting? Are you going to be focused on that meeting? 
Are you going to be able to prepare adequately for that meeting? If some of your mental resources are taken up by stress and anxiety and worry and fear about what that man might say, mm-hmm. to say nothing of stress, anxiety, worry, fear about what he might possibly do if things got out of hand. Yeah. That's what's happening in workplaces. That's so scary. And yeah, it's so true. The, the threat the harassment, it's just a stepping stone to more violence. And so, yeah. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Stay tuned because when we come back, we're going we're gonna to finish things on a more positive note. So we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life. Have certainty in yourself and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. So we're back. So Julia, what can we do to fix some of these problems? Is there hope out there for us? There is. And quite frankly, um, for me personally, the greatest hope that I feel is with the, in the conversations with the men that I talk to. Um, because I talk to and I interview on the podcast a lot of men who are um, just terrific <laughs> and who are uh, 
coming from a place of true equality and respect for women and who are themselves uh, sensitive and introspective and personally empowered authentically. And talking to these men and hearing about uh, how they came to be this way is really uplifting. And we were talking before about how one of the systems that needs to be fixed is culture, specifically TV and movies. And a fantastic TV show, a really uplifting, wonderful TV show that's out right now is called Queer Eye. And it's on Netflix. And it's a, um, it's a remake or a, a reimagination of the old show, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. That was a hit show, I think, for Bravo Network, uh, maybe, gosh, a while ago, uh, eight, ten years ago. I don't know how old that show was. But Queer Eye is now on. And there was a recent episode, and, and for those who aren't familiar, it's five gay guys who uh, entered the life of a person. It used to always be a straight man. Now it's not necessarily just a straight man. It's part of the you know, revamping of it. And they enter someone's life and they, uh, you know, they, they help him with his grooming and his clothing and his personal habits and all that sort of stuff. They, they remake him, you know, in the eyes of a, queer, of a queer guy, right? And on a recent episode, they went and, and they remade a man who was a firefighter in a small town in Georgia. And he actually wanted to have the firehouse remodeled rather than his personal home. And so what happened on the show is that, they, that this group of men, these all white, presumably straight men in a small town in Georgia who work on a firehouse, these like the kind of the epitome of American masculinity, right? They welcomed into their firehouse for the week, this group of five gay guys who took them through a whole series of bonding exercises, like getting, having, having, having uh, uh, spa treatments on their face, having mud masks on their face. And they taught them and they brought them to do ballroom dancing. And they did a wet t-shirt contest among, with no women present, just men <laughs> uh-huh. wetting their own shirts. <laughs> and it was so fun and it was just so heartwarming to watch these men engaging in bonding exercises uh, with their fellow men in ways that are uplifting and empowering and don't hurt anybody. (laughs) You know, we, we, we get, we have so many stories about how part of the, 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 the impetus for the bad behavior that some men engage in, we were talking about it earlier with, with boys who cave to peer pressure, is that it's, it's almost a, like harming other people, making fun of other people can be a male bonding exercise all too often. Mm-hmm. And so being able to see these men engaging in masculine male bonding with completely devoid of any ridicule or harm of any other people is just so unbelievably heartwarming. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say the entertainment at others expenses, like that's something that like a, a phrase I came up with years ago when people are like laughing at other people, you know what I mean? Or it's just so not right. And yeah, it's hard. It's hurtful and harmful. So, how and I also, mm-hmm. yeah, and some of the men who I interview are, uh, you know, we've we've talked about how how difficult it can be for young boys to um, separate from peers that are engaging in toxic rituals of various kinds. But a lot of the men that I interview talk about when they were a teenager, they experienced some of that 
but they recognize like, yeah, dude, that's not my jam. Like I'm, you know, if you're all gonna, you know, go do the meathead thing and, you know, call each other pussies and whatever and like, you know, compare biceps, that's not my thing. I'm, I'm going to go play my guitar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? totally. Or, uh-huh. or, or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, immerse myself in reading and give myself an education. Uh, uh, that's, you know, that illuminates some of these ideas and uh, helps me to see how flawed they are. Mm-hmm. And I think encouraging boys to explore other passions, I think is a really important thing. It ties back into that whole knowing what you want to being connected to your values and being able to stand that ground in the face of peer pressure, I think is so important. And I'm so excited for your radio show. I can't wait to listen to it. So I'm going to be one of your first subscribers. Awesome. Thank you. I'm I'm hoping it's going to be terrific. Yeah, you know, it's such an important conversation. And it really does tie into my own work. And so just for my own education, I am, I'm totally down. I can't wait to, uh, to subscribe and listen. And so tell me when you go live. Yes, uh, the trailer is launching on January 10th. So you and the the website should be live by January 10th. So you can watch the trailer and watch some of the behind the scenes stuff and also sign up uh, to get notified about when it actually launches. And the goal is for season number one to launch by the end of January. We don't have a hard date for that yet. But by the end of January, our first eight episodes should launch. Oh, I'm so excited. And you also have a little gift for our listeners too, don't you? Yeah, because we've talked so much about uh, personal responsibility and individual action, one of the resources that I've compiled that I've put together is called the Earning Forgiveness Personal Action Plan. And this is for any person, not just men, but any person who knows or fears that they've done things in the past that maybe hurt someone else. And I am being intentionally broad because this stuff runs the gamut, right? If there's anything that you've done or that you think you maybe did, and who among us hasn't, right? Right. Who among us hasn't hurt someone? Um, And you genuinely uh, want to earn forgiveness. You want to be worthy of being forgiven. I have for you an action plan. There are steps that you personally can take uh, after having done something that hurt someone to earn forgiveness and feel in your heart like you again are a worthy person. You are back to being a worthy person, worthy of love, worthy of acceptance. And with any kind of luck, the person who you harmed will agree with you. So that, uh, that, that action plan, the earning forgiveness personal action plan is available on my website, solvingme2.com slash podcast. And it's in the resources section. Great. And I'm going to post a link directly to it right on our website in the show notes at holisticsexedradio.com. So yeah, thank you so much, Julia, for being here. And thank you for doing this work. This is such an important conversation to have. And I really look forward to the fruits of our collective labor because we do need to shift our culture and, and these eight systems in many ways. So thank you for laying it out for us and giving us hope that we can actually get some of this stuff done. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening today, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 
You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.